the only place on the internet where you can get fair and balanced coverage of both Call of Duty Vanguard and Snoopy Tennis on Game Boy Color. This is Bombers. Hey everybody, welcome back to Bombers. Sorry we missed you last week, but some of us were feeling ill. I can firmly and happily say that my name is Deg, Bomber number five, here with you today. Joining me, I don't know what I'm saying anymore, Bomber number one, Spiegel. This is a historically poor intro, I think we're just nervous. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Bomber number three, Zyber. No, there's definitely been worse ones than this, You're, you're fine. Okay. And our most exclusive and awesome person here on this on this podcast right now, our amazing guest, Discard. That's me. I'm really excited about having you here. I think this is going to be a really great episode. I know we say that every week, but this one will be special. This is different. This is different. Yeah, we've never had four people on an episode before. <laughs> Not recently. <Stop. laughs> this will be this will be uh, like the most special episode of season three so far. Like top three. I bet. Yeah, easily top three, for Some sure. Some of you know how many episodes are in the season already. Discart, welcome. Uh, he is a uh, he's a YouTube star. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. I would say that Discart uh, is actually the only one of us <laughs> who is more likely than me to talk over Zyber at some point during this podcast. It's going to happen. I talk over myself all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Well, we'll get to it. All right, uh, do we have anything else for the... It says intro. It says self-explanatory, I think. Does that mean we have anything else? No, I think we handled it. I think we've all been introduced. So let's roll in to the Bombtastic News. Cyber, please take us away. All right, I'll try to be quick this time. Uh, Real quick, we have two Album of the Week uh, albums to talk about later on the episode, though. Uh, Also, Game Club is returning. Announcement also later in the episode. Uh, if you want to be involved in these things, go into our Discord. Link in the description below. Uh, you can also watch us on Twitch at, <laughs> at link in description below. Uh, this at, is Bombers to go see Dake and I and maybe other people play Ocarina of Time Online Randomizer, which has been a blast last time we did it. Super maybe fun. also we'll play Fortune Street at some point. There's other stuff too. Oh, Patreon. That's a good one. Join our <laughs> Patreon Patreon at This is Bombers. Give us money and you'll be one for friends or bestest friends or best bestestest friends executive bomb deucer if you give us a hundred dollars a month one of these days that yeah. joke we'll get one we'll get hey you know <laughs> we'll get a, we'll get all once. you need all you need is one whale to start making the money that's pay to win right there baby yeah but definite thanks to of course himaru crony and Haley, our friends and special thanks to best friend rob we love you all thank you for paying us for this amazing product <laughs> that's right discart himaru doesn't only give money to you he gives money to us listen so. I, I take none of his money i do not have a patreon just just letting you know <laughs> I, <laughs> no, hey, I was, no, I was no, against patreon. tell himaru I, to, to start sending the money over asap I was against Patreon. This was a deg decision. (laughs) Hey, we got a little bit of money out of it, and I refuse to apologize. Yeah, it pays for our podcast. Patreon is is absolutely the best way to get money to fund something you enjoy doing, 100%. Well, if I ever start enjoying this podcast, maybe we can uh, really (laughs) resume my... 
and that uh, is have... bombastic news. Yeah. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, we forgot to put the game club thing in the in the show notes here, so we're going to surprise discard, I guess, a little bit later with the game club stuff because we do want to have him on for that. Uh, but first, but first, we have uh, a little segment that we like to call upcoming releases. It's very creative. And uh, we're going to talk about a couple of games coming out here in the next week. Of course, very uh, historically relevant if you're listening to this podcast late. New Pokemon Snap is coming Woo. to Nintendo Switch on the 30th, which is one week from uh, re- date of record. So some of us might actually be playing Pokemon Snap uh, before we actually record next week's episode. So maybe get some impressions on that. Uh, anyone here actually excited for new Pokemon Snap? Absolutely. Oh, totally. Haley, my fiance, will definitely be playing it. Oh, of course. Humble brag. Playing that. I'm going to have my, my four-year-old playing that. It's going to be awesome. He already plays with like my cameras and all that stuff. So putting him into into that world is going to be perfect. I'm sure he's going to just dig throwing fruit and stuff at Pokemon and taking pictures of them. I remember a little bit about how the real world works, throwing fruit at animals. That's it. That's how you do it. If he ever wants to take a picture of you, you know, you'll know because an apple hits you in the face or something. (laughs) That's that's how it really works in real life. Yeah. But I I remember when that game came out originally and it was it was really, really good. And it captured everybody because there was not that much in the way of Pokemon at the time. When I got my n64 pokemon snap was the first game i had for it i was a little bit of a late adopter but like i have so many good memories of that game i am so pumped for new pokemon snap it looks awesome from everything they've showed yeah and i'm sure that your son is going to have all of the same great memories that i have i mean graphically it's the best pokemon game right until the until that one new game comes out that's supposed to look graphically good Oh, yeah, yeah. Pokemon the Legends Wilds, Arceus Pokemon. or whatever. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah, so far, this one looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, Paul, who went to Blockbuster back in the day in 1999 to print out pictures of your Pokemon that you uh, that you took on? What a badass. That's awesome. What's Hell yeah. I love Buster. I did that. So what, I, was it like one of those kiosks? Like, Oh, things? yeah. There's a kiosk and you take your little memory card and you plug it into the kiosk and it prints out these little stickers. And then I put them all over my bedroom door. They're so sick, dude. So sick. I took I took those. I'm a real nature photographer. You, I mean, you could find those today. You could go buy one for like several thousand dollars, you know? I was going to say, Discart, master of collecting here, you probably know a little bit about where I can get one because I would love to have one of those for the basement oh, just yeah, as a nostalgia just item. Throw 10K at somebody on eBay. You're good to go. Yeah. Worth it. <laughs> just have an individual room set up for it. I bought solar panels I mean, today. A... I think a better investment would be the Pokemon really? Blockbuster printing kiosk. True. You know, renewable power. <laughs> That's what yeah. I have. <laughs> Who needs that? You know, free Pokemon energy. Snap creates its own power. That's right. Pikachu. Look at Charge the... admission to your basement. Don't tell them what's in there yet. It's solar panels. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the people who I, it was died essentially... down there. Oh, God. What? God. <laughs> it took a turn. It's all the people that we tied up to make listen to the podcast. Yep. No, wait. Watch this. Okay. Dead people in the basement. Scary. Returnal on PS5. Also scary. Third person shooter uh, survival horror game. How about that? Coming also the same day as new Pokemon Snap. Uh, April 30th. Yeah, April 30th. A P- another PS5 exclusive. While uh, Microsoft just sits there and doesn't sell consoles and doesn't make money on anything other than Game Pass. Uh, Returnal well, coming to PS5. Even. Are they making Look, money on Game Pass? I don't know. No, they, they're, they they're have probably, to be. probably losing Somehow. money. 
No. You know, I don't know anything about Returnal besides I keep hearing how it's like the definition of a PS5 game, whatever that means. Yeah, that's it means I've lots of particles in the air, probably. So Ret- Returnal to me is like a scary purchase. It's like a <clears throat> like a. I'm looking at that game and I see amazing graphics. I'm seeing some really cool particle particle effects. I'm not seeing that much in the way of like, what am I doing in this game? What is the what is the purpose of my existence? It's a little outside the boxy, which has me interested. Uh, but I look at that game and I'm like, I cannot buy that game the first day it comes out or before I see like significant amount of reviews come out to get a, get a beat on what, what's going on with that. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever heard of a game called uh, order 1866? Oh yeah. There you go. That's exactly it. That's it. That's when, when everyone died inside and and games, you really got to look close at them nowadays, especially when they're, they're beautiful, amazing, well-developed, you know, pictures and all this, but you get in there and the gameplay just sucks. Yeah, just when sad. all the advertisement is just, look how good our game is. It's like, how's it play, though? Because you haven't told me anything about that, and I'm getting suspicious. That's a really shiny golden piece of poop you got there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting that this Returnal is, has that, that, like, roguelike element of, like, dying and coming back, sort of like Death Loop and all of those. Um. That seems to be a real trend happening right now with video games, or those roguelike, roguelite things. Much and, to uh, somebody's chagrin well, on this podcast. Yeah, I don't love it. <laughs> uh, Housemark is the developer of Returnal. If you don't know Housemark, they made uh, a bunch of stuff that I don't know what it is. But they did make uh, Resogun, uh, which was a PlayStation 4, I think, launch game. It was uh, launched digitally, and it was really uh, one of the only PS4 games that was really even worth playing for quite some time. So they got a little bit of a pedigree, I guess, um, if you're, you know, into kind of bullet hell shooters. Yeah, that, that game has a lot of love, for sure. So that's that's something, you know. A lot I of liked people like that game. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Returnal, definitely something different. So keep keep your eyes out for the reviews. I'm interested. Um, when I heard it was a roguelike, I was like, ugh, another one of these. But, mm-hmm. you know, it could be good. Survival horror? I like survival horror. It looks pretty. It, it could be good. We'll find out on April 30th. All right. well, we won't. Well, we well, won't. Someone will find n- out. Nobody who actually has a PS5 uh, on this podcast, right? Discard, do you have a PS5 or no? Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. Nice. Oh, I, was in the, I had that thing pre-ordered, like the very first set of pre-orders that came out Walmart, that whole thing. I got lucky right there. Nice. nice. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a really great PS4. I'll tell you what. It's been great to <laughs> play all my PS4 games on. <laughs> I do feel a little jealous for people who missed, for whatever reason, missed the PS4 for last generation and were able to pick up a PS5 because there's so much stuff on there that's really good and is like basically free or just straight up free. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Absolutely, like that, that install. Like even if, like, let's say you purchased them all physically, right? Like me getting them digitally now is really cool. I got them all downloaded. They're all on the the PS5 now. I could just click on stuff and start playing right away. Like, I'll never, you know, talk bad about digital for being, you know, bad because I I really like digital games because you could just click on them and you're playing a game, right? Um, And that's great when you want to play a specific game, but it's really bad when you're picking from a list of like 3,000 games, you know? (laughs) It kind of belittles the whole experience. And of course, you get Steam Library Syndrome and you paralysis of choice and all that stuff. Like, it's, it's a nightmare. It's like scrolling through Netflix, you know, clicking on different things and being like, oh, you know, I'll watch this for one minute and then you switch to something else and it's it's a nightmare. But I do Spend like more have, time scrolling than actually playing. 
you know, free digital copies. I can't can't complain about that. I like the backup principle of it, having a physical for like my actual copy, but then not having to go to the shelf, open the box, put it in, all that. Like you said, it it can be a hassle. Let me just click on it and play it. Done. Yeah, what is this, 2006? You're trying to sell me on the concept of like why you'd <laughs> want a digital game? Like, what's going on? Well, I mean, we're, like, we're, we know I mean, how much you love digital games. Like, a, like a new game comes out, right? Like Monster Hunter came out, and I get that game digitally, and I get it physically, just because I know I'm going to be playing hundreds of hours into that game, and like I'll do that. And then other situations, I'll have you know my physical games, and I do like going to the shelf getting that cartridge and inserting it into, you know, my Super Nintendo and just playing away, you know, having a great time. And I think there's more to, you know, it's nice to like see something on a shelf and pick it off versus see it on like your digital shelf. So, I mean, I get both sides of it for sure, but it's definitely more handy than it, you know, than it used to be even with faster internet and all that stuff happening. So what's your stance? I'm curious on owning it digitally versus like streaming it digitally. Oh, here we go. Yeah. You know, like the cloud gaming stuff. That, oh, like Stadia? Yeah. Stadia sucks. That was where I was going with oh, that. No. Oh, <laughs> so I, I, I got in on Stadia because it was free for YouTube premium members. Uh, so they just sent me a controller, that. sent me the the Chromecast, all that. I was like, free? Let's go. You know, that's when I get digital games. That's when I get Stadia. So I, I'm like, well, I'm going to stay like a normal human and really test this and not be like super biased about it. And I tested it. I hooked it up to, you know, I have, uh, what, a thousand megabyte per second internet or whatever. I, I have no idea. It's really freaking fast Fios stuff. And it still stuff. skips. Regular brag. It's yeah. like, it's how am I playing, you know, these, like I was playing Celeste and it's like skipping. I'm like, like oh, that's terrible. How is this? I'm, I'm on fiber and this thing still skips. But then the other day I played this, um, this other semi-streaming uh, game service that has like retro games and you can play with other people. It's got a Kickstarter going right now. I forget the name of it, of it off the top of my head, but it doesn't skip. It works really well. There's no weird cutouts in, in sound or music or anything. So it's possible. And I do like the idea of playing with other people in that scenario and having that true couch co-op experience when you're sharing a game. Uh because I did get that when I played the other day. I was playing with with John Riggs, and we were playing like uh, some really cool old retro games that they have the actual uh, licenses for, and it was awesome. It was like the first time I played. Felt like I was playing couch co op since you know before uh, all this you know medical stuff happened in the last two years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I wonder how uh, Control and Hitman Three play uh, streaming to the Switch. Oh yeah. You do not want to find out, I'm guessing. Now, I did have somebody in the Discord say that it was working really well, but that person also has like the small switch. So I I don't know how well they have a visual on how well that game's actually running on for control. That's, that's even more impressive to me that it's, you know, functioning on, on Wi-Fi the to the the switch yep. light. <laughs> and the Wi-Fi, I mean the Wi-Fi on the Nintendo Switch sucks. It's not very good. No. Even even really? hardware tell, tell me more sucks. about how to, Tell me more about how Nintendo hasn't seemed to have mastered the internet yet. They haven't seemed to. <laughs> they well, definitely breaking news. I want to know more. <laughs> well, they haven't optimized Smash Brothers. They they didn't do that. I think if at the very least they should make sure Smash Brothers runs perfectly. Outside of that, it's whatever. You Who know? cares? They, 
They have Tetris 99. <clears throat> yeah. None of the other companies can say that. That's they have true. Pac-Man 99, Pac-Man which, 99. No, which nobody here has played, I think. That, Mario 35. That's such oh. a cool deal that, they, that they've worked out there. I think that's awesome. That They should keep, like, pounding that drum and, and going down that line. It looks like they are. Let's do they Dig Dug the... next. Yeah, Dig Dug would Dug. be hilarious. Dig Dug 99 would be good. I mean, it's a pre- it's pretty tropey to be on a video game podcast and, and have a discussion topic around what game should they 99 next? But, uh, you know, we should probably do it since it's kind of going there naturally. Anyone have one in mind apart from Dig Dug that you'd like to see 99? Legend of Zelda. You just got to beat it faster. stole it right out of my brain. <laughs> I mean, I've been waiting for a Zelda maker like mario maker since mario maker was announced well did you get link's awakening because you wasted 60 (laughs) dollars that game that was not good no i did Uh, not get link's awakening when they announced it i got i just pulled out my 3ds and played link's awakening on that (laughs) you saved 55 dollars that that uh that extra like mini game i definitely did not spend very much time playing that and making zelda levels or whatever I think they should just keep harping on the Namco arcade games for their 99s. Plug Galaga 99, Centipede 99, just, Mappy just keep... 99. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you drain that bat, you drain that thing dry and then yeah. you throw in like a big IP after Pong that. Pong 99. Bring everybody back. Rampage Total Destruction 99. I mean, just bring back Rampage no? in general. Yeah. Well, not no, it's not no? good. But okay. you know, it's it's nice to think about. Uh, we have like a million things to get to, guys. We need to <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, there, there's another section. It's called potent notables. Uh, notable games released during this week in the past. You know, 15 years ago, great mother three on uh, April 19th. Nobody cares. 15 right, Zyber? years ago. I what's what's mother three? Care. Two out of yeah, five. Tell game. me, tell a me game about mother three. It's a game Why? That you need to play because Why it's do amazing. I need to play? Why is it amazing? Because I say so. Say more than five words at a time. It's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mother 3 is an amazing game. <laughs> that was I had to count on my fingers. That was six he, he words. Yeah. It. Right. Uh, Mother it. 3 uh, came out on Game Boy Advance in Japan. Still has not come to America. Uh, the Adventures of Cookie and Cream, which is a PlayStation 2 era platformer. Gotta love those. Uh, one of the first, uh, one of the earlier ones for that system. Never heard Before that. platformers... Before platformers went out of style, I wanted to spotlight the adventures of Cookie and Cream because when this podcast gets big, that game's going to get expensive. You know, it's not a video game, but Shrek came out 20 years ago the past week. Really? I mean, it is a video game, but I... The movie, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're sure that PS2 game's not just, like, a some ice cream or something? No, it's not ice cream. It's an actual... Like, it's a it's an actual game. It's, it's a like bunny. A ca- it's like a bunny bar. rabbit. No. There's like a bunny rabbit, and there's like a I mean, it's cream a, from Sonic. Hold on. Oh, oh the, the bunny ice cream with a picture of the bunny. What is it called? Blue bunny? Where the eyes always melt funny and it looks weird. Yeah. What is wrong with you? So that's cookies we and bring, cream. I didn't we realize that. We bring you on this show, and you caps, you completely <laughs> capsize my segment. This is unacceptable. It's a uh, segment. It is. Well, his name is on it, but I decided to take it over. <laughs> <laughs> Go well, buy let's... The Adventures of Cookie and Cream. You know what? I'm, I'm rolling us into the weekly bomb. Uh, so here's an interesting news item. Yes, Spiegel. Here's an interesting news item. Uh, did you know that the PS Store is, in fact, not actually closing for Vita and PS3? Sony's gone done and backtracked on us after they got everybody to panic buy games off before it went down. PSP is still gone, though. What's, what's going on, Sony? What are you doing with your whole life there? 
We'll see. They want to close down the store because it's a waste of service space because I doubt anyone's buying stuff. But then, you know, just like um, Twinkie, everyone's all like, wait a second. There's a bunch of stuff on there I want. So they got mad and maybe even bought stuff. And then Sony's all like, oh, well, I guess we'll keep it up here for a little bit. See how much more money we can make. Except no one bought PSP games, so I guess they're still closing the PSP store. I, I think you nailed it. I think that's it. The, the, well, the funny thing about it, right, is that, you know, they're like, we're closing this store, so everyone goes and buys stuff. And then because everyone goes and buys stuff, Sony's like, oh, well, we should probably keep the store open. And now who's going to go? No one's going to go buy stuff because the store is going to be open forever. And because the people, just, repeats. Who, the people who are worried about buying stuff already bought their stuff. They're done. They're cashed out. You're good. By Sweet Kid and Two. I think you guys I, are all right. I, You're all correct. Here's, here's my resident conspiracy theory. Did Sony make this announcement just to get people to purchase stuff? I highly doubt it. No. No, I don't think so. I don't think you'd do that bad... Because that's bad PR, ultimately. Yeah, it's like, so, oh, Sonic looks good now. Well, you made terrible-looking Sonic to begin with, and then you made all of the people make the good-looking Sonic. You know, backtracking is not good, Spiegel, is what you're saying. So yeah, I'm going to cut a, all of that. Just a oh. big bag <laughs> of conspiracy sense. theories over here. I'm sorry, but they did purposely make Sonic look bad. I did agree. They? That's that's my favorite conspiracy theory. If you want to explain that, Zyber, go ahead. See, not many people are interested in Sonic movie, but when you make Sonic look terrible, everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, it looks terrible. Everyone look at this terrible Sonic. And then they're all like, all right, all right, we'll see. We'll show you a better Sonic. And then they have a, you know... Probably something that wouldn't have pleased everyone if it was the first shown Sonic, but since it's so much better than the cruddy Sonic, everyone's like, okay, yeah, that's so much better. And the, also, the mo- there the, was so much the, PR. The version of that movie with bad-looking Sonic does not exist. It never existed. It was always the good-looking Sonic, and they released the trailer with the bad-looking Sonic model just to get attention, I think. And like, I'm not all so that sure other they stuff, went that it was, far, It's all but... made up. Slam them conspiracy theories. And we didn't land on the moon. It was all in a soundstage. Kubrick, Kubrick made the Sonic movie. And, like, that movie's okay, right? I mean, it's, it's like, watchable. I enjoyed it. I had a good time watching that movie, but it's not, like, you know, the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Well, I think it's, like, one of the better it's, yeah, absolutely. Live action, animated live-action whatever movies that have been made. It's, it's, it's almost as the... good as the Dead or Alive movie. It's, like, almost. top, what, top two or so video game-related movies for sure. Yeah, I put Ratchet and Clank up there too, but everyone hates that for some reason. Yeah, Doom is the best video game movie. Oh boy! <laughs> that, did they make a Doom movie? They made like two Dude, or maybe three. I can't remember. There's you know a scene, all those Resident wow. Evil movies, the, like that first person view scene at the end. I remember being like, "Oh, this is awesome!" At that point in the movie, but that movie is kind of you know. So it took wow. you 95 minutes to get to a part where you're like, oh, this is awesome. Like, wow, you, that pretty minute much. And 35 second part was awesome. <laughs> I mean, I like, got 95 seconds after waiting 95 minutes. You, you could kind of. Why don't we do this all the time? Take the name off of that movie and like sell it as something completely different at depending if you took little parts out of it. It's not like super doomified. I wouldn't. I don't know. You just spell it backwards. It's actually mood. That's it. That it was whole, mood originally whole... and then they threw in the first person shooter part at the end. Do you guys remember that that first person shooter for the DS called Moon? It was made by Renegade Kid, and it was uh, basically Doom, but it was on the moon, and it was called Moon. No, isn't that the Borderlands pre sequel? Uh, no, it's <laughs> <laughs> different sequel to different to Cookies and Cream, or no, related? Stop. <laughs> no. 
Uh, all right, that's the weekly bomb. Uh, <laughs> we are dropping a bomb on you because uh, one of the things that we forgot to do prior to this show was that uh, we had announced on the, the previous podcast that we did um, that we were ago. going to do uh, the we have a game club it's like a book club but we all play one game at all at the same time oh. and uh, we have our announcements we have uh, our list of games that uh, that have been nominated and we are going to read them off in order and react in real time because I haven't read the list let's oh, do it you haven't read it either okay this is exciting I'm going to read the list here so our first game coming up in May for everyone to play is Cosmic Star Heroine <gasps> Heroine? never heard Heroine. of it yeah I don't know what this is either this is which uh, do we have the names of the people who nominated Cosmic them, Star Heroine? That's yeah, sick. Cosmic... What is it on? I thought that was in the uh, list. That was that was nominated by uh Rob, our best friend. It is on oh, yeah. PS4, Switch, Vita, and PC. Wait, what do you know about Cosmic Star Heroine Discard? Uh it's a very good game and incredibly popular in at least in the retro community. Oh. That's that's pretty much it. And then it, I think it got didn't it get a limited run game release or something at one point? I believe everything does. So. A lot of those yeah. retro things do. Sure. Yeah. Piddle was Piddle was telling me last night that he was going to buy the Vita version of the game, like physical, just so he could say he has the physical Vita version of like everything. He's he collects Vita games because he's a madman. He's <laughs> crazy. Uh, it is a science fiction role playing video game. There you go. That's Nailed what, it. That's what, All right. That's, that's what cool. I know. Uh, then Ninja Gaiden Black. Submitted by so this Nelsane. Is, this is June? This Read is the month. June. Okay. Well, what, do, yeah, I should say the month, shouldn't I? June. Ninja Gaiden Black. By, submitted by Nelsane. Is that just That's... a fighting game? or? No, it's like a Ninja Gaiden. You don't know Ninja what? Gaiden? Like, I've heard of it, but I never knew anything about it. Well, okay, so this is like supposed to be like a really difficult game. It's on the Xbox. I think they're... Did they put it out on Switch? I think. No, it's... Um, is it like X- the Dark Souls of Ninjas? It was like originally it was Xbox and then it got a 360 Xbox One and apparently it's on the sex box as well for anybody that happens to have that. Uh. I don't have any uh. Xboxes. Well, you f- figure it out. You had a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one July's month. game. I know, Spiegel, you'll be excited about this one. Donkey Kong 64. Is that on Why Wii would U? I... Is, is this know, an opportunity seems... for me to talk about how I like I like Donkey Kong sixty four and it doesn't uh, get all the it, it gets more hate than it actually deserves, but it's not actually an amazing game. That's even basically... though everyone even though everyone assigns that opinion to me that I think it's amazing. I mean it is a sixty four game, so of course it's not gonna be that great. I mean, you're Stop. just the one that defends it all the time. It is on Wii U, uh <laughs> so you can get it on Wii U. Uh let's move on. <laughs> August's game, Mass Effect. The first nominated one. by, oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Donkey Kong sixty four was Diggy D. Mass Effect is Piddle, our dear friend and bomber number two, Piddle. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing Haley will be getting me to play the the trilogy re release, whatever. Yeah, we pushed that a little bit back past um, the May sixteenth, I think, release date of the trilogy remaster, so that people will have a couple months to potentially purchase that if they want to get the fancy version, the the, the re upped version. Um, I'm actually kind of excited to go back to Mass Effect because I played Mass Effect Andromeda recently, and it plays so much differently. It's like the difference between Dragon Age and um, Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age Two. I'm looking forward to going back 
to the first one and, and checking it out. Spiegel, didn't you recently replay or recently play for the first time the first Mass Effect, or was that just a thing you were talking about? Yeah, so I've I've played the first five hours of Mass Effect probably three or four times at this point. <laughs> um, I just I keep doing it, and I, like I'll get to a certain point, and I'm just like, there's so much lore and there's so much to know. I am not in a place right now where I can just spend the time to do this. Um, but I always know in my heart that eventually I'm going to want to go back to it because that first five hours is unbelievable. It's yeah. a great world that they've crafted, and I, I'm very excited to finally have an excuse to play Mass Effect, basically. so It really like grabs you and, and, and really gets its claws into you. Um, yeah, well, I hope you, so. You have to get, you have to, get to that uh, mental space to want to play it by August. So We'll see uh, if I can manage. We'll see. September's game is Katamari Damacy. Submitted by Zyber, right here. Zyber. Yeah, it's going to be choice. my birthday game. It's a cool Ooh, game. Nice. Maybe uh, I'll finally finish it. I have, like, almost all of them. I actually, uh, two years ago, replayed Katamari Damacy for our Backlog Busters. So I'm looking... What? What is that? What is Backlog Busters? Don't worry about it. It's not a thing that exists anymore. October's <laughs> game is Bayonetta. Touch my Katamari. Okay. Um, what is October's game? Bayonetta, submitted by Hamaru, our, our friend Hamaru. Yes, that should supersede all these other games. That you play oh. that every month <laughs> you play Bayonetta. All of them, all of them, 100%. I every month. The, I got the Bayonetta 2, Bayonetta 1 Wii U pack and tried playing it and just couldn't get into it. I don't think that those Devil May Cry style hack and slashes is my style. But I'm going to give it another fair shake once we roll around to October. Did you try, have you tried Devil May Cry 5? I haven't played any of the Devil May Cry games, actually. I would skip the other ones, just play Devil May Cry 5, give it a really fair go, and and try that. And skip out, just say, forget Bayonetta for now, go play Devil May Cry 5. Because if that one wasn't hitting you, you probably have that you know, in your brain. But to really know with those hack and slashes, there's so many different factors going on. But yeah, Devil May Cry 5 is probably the best hack and slash. I'm going to add that to my list. I bounced off Bayonetta pretty hard when I first played it on Wii U. Not because I didn't think it was good, but just because, like Mass Effect, when I when I played it, the timing just wasn't right. Uh, like, I know that there is a point where I would play that and it would stick really hard. I just haven't figured out exactly when that is yet. So I'm excited, so it, though. It's November yeah. of this year is when it is. October. October. I don't know what... My, my game is November, I think. Your game is November, because that is trace memory for November. Um... Cookies should be fun. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Trace Memory is a is a game uh, that that I picked primarily for its obscurity. Um, it, you know, leave it to me to do that. It is only on the Nintendo DS, so get yourself a Nintendo DS. Trace Memory itself not that expensive. It's like fifteen to twenty bucks. Um, it is a uh, it is an adventure game, uh, much in the way of like a. I don't want to say mist because that's like way overselling it. Uh, but it's you know it's an adventure game where you go around, you click on stuff, you solve puzzles. There's a ghost. You you're you're playing as a teenage girl, so Dag, you'd really identify with the main character. Uh, you know, it's uh it's it's an enjoyable romp. It's like five six hours. It's like uh, a puzzle ma- type of yeah. It's, it's an adventure puzzle game. Okay, can I ask you for help if I need it? Nope. You're Wait, on your own, you, baby. Can you be my Sheikah stone, please? Nope. Hmm. What's Oops. December? Uh, December's game is Toad Jam and Earl, Back in the Groove. Oh, the the new one? Uh, I think that's a new one. We'll that find out like when we Google it. Way more disgusting flavor than cookies and cream. It's uh, cookies and cream, Back in the Groove. 
Who is oh. uh, who is whose game is Toe Jam and Earl back in the that's, groove? Uh, that's old Janky, Jank Spanky. Oh. Oh, he would pick that game. I know he loves the Toe Jam and Earl games. That's that's yeah. cool. I, I'm excited to play this too. I I like the original Toe Jam and Earl. Uh, I don't think I ever played any of the other ones, like the Xbox one or anything like that. But um, this game always looked really good to me. I've got a sealed copy. I might have to buy it digitally just so I don't have to open it at this point because I'm be, I'm open becoming it. that person. Open it. I'm becoming the person that just don't hates. do that. Don't do that. Just open that. <laughs> open up that game. It's it's like have you ever seen like Toy Story? You know, like how but sad. But I'm gonna sell it when those, I'm 95. This, this fate, like Toy Story see. things are like walking around your room at night and they're just like he won't play with me anymore and you're over there playing your digital copy. They're sad. I mean, they're like hanging themselves in it. your closet he never, he never played with it to begin with just imagine games. whenever your amiibo all start waking up and like clawing at the display case he never scanned me ever were there were there pop figures <laughs> in that new toy story movie and it was it toy story 4 the one that they didn't need to make but they made anyway were there pop yeah. figures in that because i feel like that would have been a really prescient thing to kind of they should have they should have there were not but that would have been a... no. they mostly relied on older toys like uh, what's the word that starts with an A if you're over 50? Listen, I had a what? Mr. Potato Head, okay, <laughs> growing up, and I'm Adult, not over yeah. 50, okay? <laughs> I meant the object, not a person. Okay, all right, you're right, it is. Mr. Potato Head's probably from, like, the 20s Wait, over or 50 something. Because he was an actual potato, right? Okay. <laughs> it wasn't even a Mr. Potato Head. My parents just gave me a potato and some sticks. <laughs> that's, I think that's and what it like, was. And they're like, look, it's, Mr. It's, it's budget Potato Head. I got I, a potato? I only got a rock. I think like Mr. Potato Head was like was like eyes and ears and stuff and they just like that was in the package and then you would stick those into a real potato. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what it was. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what it started as. Hopefully the potato isn't over fifty years old. <laughs> yeah, I, I still like hand me down like <laughs> those little arms would get like pretty grody over time. And, like potatoes do not age in a way that I would recommend just like leaving them lying around hey if you water you know. it you could end up with multiple toys yeah the spud kids oh wow yep. holy crap you could have like 18 potatoes and then if you water that, that more you got yourself a business I, I think you just created a great depression era business <laughs> good for you <laughs> there we go you know if you paint a face on a rock pet Boom. rock pet rock what was that the 90s I think 80s i think yep yeah. yeah 80s please do it. not ascribe that to the decade in which i grew up that's an 80s thing. That's you guys. Not Antique. Yeah, That's the what? one I'm thinking of. Wow. Thanks, Zyber, for five <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> Spiegel's over here like pogs, you know. Don't, pogs? don't go pet yeah. rocking on my pogs. Don't talk about my beanie babies. You know? I got my Tamagotchi still. I've been letting that thing go for 20 years. I'm leaving I mine have dead. A, uh, I have a wife <laughs> who, who grew up collecting. I have a wife. I, ha- I wife. have a wife from the 90s. <laughs> My wife grew up uh, collecting Beanie Babies, and, and at one point, I, I saw like a price guide for these things, and this price guide was like written in the 90s when Beanie Babies were popular, and in the back of the book, uh, there was like a, there was like a projections section where they projected how much these things would cost over time, like, you know, 20 years, 30 years from now or whatever, and it was like, this one was like, oh, this will be worth $700 if kept in good condition. Nope. Nope. It doesn't work if everyone collects them in order to collect them. And they you know, infinitely the make them too. They made like plenty of them. Yeah. Now they're in plastic like, bags like at Goodwill. This is like the Pokemon card madness. It's freaking yep. Beanie Babies. That's like a uh, special edition comic book covers. Doesn't work if you print millions of them. And that bubble was crazy. So, anyways, what were we talking about? Uh, game club stuff. Your January. Yeah. 
January is Muramasa, the Demon Blade, which is, this is your game? on the. This is my game for sure. You know this. The is game my is game. sick. That is a I love this sick game. game. That company makes like the best games. Like, find me a really bad game from that company. That's Can't. that's uh that is Vanillaware, right? Vanillaware. It's vanilla Vanillaware. Yeah, Vanillaware. That is Vanillaware. Odin Sphere. Odin Sphere. And, yeah. Uh, uh, what, what they made a game Dragon, recently. Uh, uh, Thir- Thirteen Sentinels. Thir- Aegis yeah. Rim is is one of the big ones that uh, won some Game of the Year awards last year. So yeah, Vanillaware. They know what they're doing. Um, and, Dragon's uh, this Crown. Game, That's the one. This game's on Wii. It's on Vita. I think it's on Wii U. Is like one of those downloadable ones. Well, you can play uh, Wii games on the Wii U. Right, but I think you can. Da- it's one of those like ones that you can download, like Super Mario Galaxy Two and Metroid Prime Trilogy and Kirby Adventure or whatever. So Muramasa is on the Wii and Vita. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I know which one I'm not getting. The Vita. The Vita. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> you can't just leave people hanging like that. <laughs> Gotta live the life. <laughs> I mean, everyone's oh. so interested in uh, in you know what platform Zyber is going to be playing Muramasa. I can't I can't stop listening to this podcast until you confirm it. So I'm just going to take here and like wait. seven months. So, mm. oh boy, February's game is Firefighter Simulator: The Squad. What? I sim game? I guess I don't know. That was whose uh, game is this? That was submitted by um, Chiron. Oh, he gives money to the show, doesn't he? He does not. Crony does. Oh, that's confusing, and I. Oh, hate that him. is. Confusing. Uh, then this game is a crap idea, right? He's yeah, not, this uh, sucks. <laughs> he doesn't even give us money. Like, we're done. I've we're never done. even heard of that. I'm. What what is yeah. it? I love what that. What's it called? I'm looking it up. Firefighter Simulator: The Squad lets you experience what it means to fight fires up close as an active part of a major U.S. city's firefighting crew, together with up to three friends in the co-op multiplayer or in the single-player mode. I'm back in. That'll be fun. But I may or may not be sarcasm. Don't worry about it. March's Why game. Why fight fires in games? I can fight them in real life. I just light fires in my trash can and try to put them out as quickly as I can. I, I don't fight fire. I join the fire. I figuratively put out fires at my job. How about that? F- figuratively speaking. Not a, not an actual firefighter. Is the, is the, the next game about uh, taking marshmallows out of something? Because... I mean, oh no, well, Mar- no S. Okay, I'm sorry. It's yeah, oh, March- it's a different kind of cereal. I'm sorry. Elibits, yeah. Cereal cleaner, like with an S. Oh, it- yeah, I was thinking the wrong way. Yeah. Um, cereal cleaner submitted by Rumor Macabre. <laughs> it's, it's not, um. How's that? I I do it all the time because it's fun for me. <laughs> uh, Rumor submitted cereal cleaner, which is like a um stealth style game where you're cleaning up after mob hits, basically, and you have to like dispose of the bodies while the cops are investigating the scene that sounds awesome yeah it sounds great is this that game that that takes place in the same universe as another game but it, it's like after all of the murders occurred no you're thinking else? of um viscera cleanup squad i think it's called no no oh this is cool i don't know i love the art yeah zero cleaner looks awesome i'm looking forward to that one as well okay and our, our final finishing on a strong note, we saved the quote-unquote best for last, or at least as far as many of the Bombers community is probably going to be considered, because that's just what our community is. Our final game for April, one year of content, Chrono Trigger. Eh. <laughs> what? Yeah, Spiegel's excited. Two out of ten. Get, cro- get Chrono Trigger, Super Nintendo, DS, uh, don't play it on mobile, don't play it on PC, uh, 
you really only kind of have two options, honestly. PlayStation um, One. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. totally get on PS One and get the cutscenes, and uh, that's part of the Final Fantasy anthology with like Final Fantasy Four and I think Chrono Trigger, right? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. It might be Chronicles. I think I, it's. I can never remember. I think, I think it's anthologies. Uh, it might be Chronicles. Crystal Chronicles is what it is. I need to play that again. The, uh, right, Crystal Switch. Chronicles. Yeah, just not the Switch version because it's crap. The Switch version was disappointing. It is indeed Final Fantasy Chronicles with Final Fantasy IV and Chrono oh. Trigger. I got the name wrong, but those are cool. the two it. games on it. Yeah, by SquareSoft. Yeah, back when they made games and weren't trying to get bought by Microsoft, maybe. <laughs> they aren't. They came out. They're like, "What are you talking about? We make tons of money. <laughs> we don't need Microsoft. We have. We make more money than you do." Yeah, but anyone can just 14. say that. I don't know. That's true. That Bombers make tons of money. Nobody's going to buy us out. Yeah, we have all those mobile games who just make tons of cash off of. Oh, jeez. They shut down um, that one mobile game, didn't they? Whatever it was called. Not yet. No? I thought they did. I don't know. They shut down several mobile games, but then they replaced them with other ones. I mean, that's the way you do it. you got to get people reinvested to spend more money on the new thing because they've already spent money on the old thing. I don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, so uh, that's the Game Club. Everybody look forward to it. That um, list will be posted into the Discord as well so that there's a written record so you don't have to go back and listen to the podcast every time that you want to know what the game is. Are you sure? Yeah, and, and so unlike all of us, uh, Discart has a family. He has a life. He has people who care about him. He has people that he himself Not true. loves. Well, true. You're still better. You're still better than us uh, in a lot of ways. And uh, so we do have to let you go uh, here in a minute. But before we do that, uh, we should talk a little bit about uh, about you because we haven't spent enough time in this episode. Mo- I mean, most Bombers episodes is just about me, like for an hour. Uh, but we're going to give That's you fair. a little segment That's here. That's fair. Um, so you are on YouTube. And uh, just talk a little bit about your YouTube, just a little bit about your YouTube channel because I don't care that much. Uh, but talk about okay, what you do and, and the Ugh. things that you're interested in. Well, I like video games. I like retro games and modern games, long walks on the beach, and displaying video games uh, is is really what I do. For the most part, Discart, um, my YouTube channel, is just about finding ideas and then presenting those to people. And that's pretty much as clean as it gets. I have a couple other things I do, but they're all connected to that, like game room tours where we bring other people's game rooms on the show and and discuss those. Usually I'm even looking for display ideas in those videos to give to other people. I don't judge people's collections. I'm not telling people the best way to display their collections because I think that's super vain. But I like dis- taking those ideas and presenting them to people. And and that's pretty much that's pretty much it. On like all my social medias and all that stuff, that's exactly what I do. And what I love the most is that your channel has such a positive vibe. You know, here on Bombers, we, we like to get caught up in, in making fun of things. But I think I think for the most part, we enjoy a good optimist. And, uh, and I think your your channel does kind of exude. Like, if I, if I watch you do a game room tour of someone else's game room, and, and you, you make comments on things, and you're always saying things like, oh, this looks like a really comfortable place to play games, and that's that's really great. And uh, you're... you're, you're uh, your slogan, if you will, is collect what you love, which I have always really enjoyed. I, I feel like it's important 
people sometimes, especially lately, are getting really caught up in the financial aspects of, of buying video games and making sure that everything is just in pristine condition. But, like, no, you, your point, and by telling me to open games that are sealed, essentially what you're saying is enjoy enjoy the hobby. Don't just enjoy the collecting, but enjoy the games themselves. And I think that's a valuable message True. Uh, in today's society. And I think I, I also think, you know, I almost disagree with you a little bit on this because... Like when I when I initially like wrote out collect what you love, it's like, like that's for you to decide what that means in a way. Like maybe what you love doing is collecting games, you know, as a like a, a financial goal. Maybe you just want to have a room that feels like it's a game store. Maybe you just want to walk into your house and feel that way. That's fine. You know, maybe you just want to have the games that you want. Like mine is, I want to have the games that I love around me, so that like. If I want to, I can grab Chrono Trigger off the wall. You know, I could grab Ocarina of Time, my favorite game of all time, just poof, right off the wall. Good to go. Slaying that bad boy in my N64 or on my 3DS, whatever. We're good. But to each person, I think it, it, it's like you find the thing that you really like, but just really analyze what you're doing and, and what, what it is, especially with collectors, like what it is you're collecting. Because I think a lot of us get caught up in stuff and you end up with, you know, too many too many sports games, right? You like you end up with too many. Shut up. You know, you know <laughs> but this is the thing. You know, it's like sometimes you you like fill up a a shelf, and then once it's full, you're like, okay, let me cut the fat a little bit. Let me get get rid of some of these games I won't play. I'm gonna fill this slot with some sick RPGs. You know, and you go out and find those games. But you know, some of us just want to get a bunch of GameCube sports games, and if that's what they love, <laughs> collect what you love, right? Exactly. You could be, be Spiegel and right. go for the entire but, but, GameCube library. But I do I'm think... regretting having you on this show. This is like the third or fourth time <laughs> that you've shut me down specifically. Listen, that's all I have, man. Like uh, I, I, I have a friend who's short, and and like that's all I ever bring up because he's such a damn nice guy. You know, like this is all I have. This is it. But I'll I have to tell my short friend that whenever I talk about her shortness. <laughs> but that's like, but it's the old I mean, that's it. It's like a, it's like a compliment that, that that's like all you ever bring up. But I do find that so many people like interpret collect what you love in different ways that it's, it's really interesting to me to see what they took from it. Whether that's like from kind of analyzing me in like our discord server and stuff and seeing like, I definitely like playing games that I enjoy playing or having those games around because what am i going to do just have a dusty wall of old games that maybe somebody out there actually does want to play you know maybe somebody's like man nhl 3372 i really need that game right now you know oh that was a vintage year <laughs> that was a good year that was a great yeah it's like the the difference between collecting for yourself versus collecting for others like, oh, a bunch of people want this game, so therefore I want it just because it's rare or it's sought after. If that's the only reason you want it, what are you doing? I mean, th- let someone who really wants it for what it is get it. And I get that. Like, I, I like that collect what you love aspect. That's that's good. And I put that I put a poll out on Twitter the other day. I don't know if any of you guys follow me there or see that, but I put a poll out asking how many collectors. Um, how many of you guys are collecting games that you know you'll never play? And it was like 75% of people were like, yeah. And I was like, that's kind of crazy to me. You're like committing space in your in your room to something that you literally will never interact with. You know, you're never going to see or touch or interact with it. And what, let me see. A, 
Is it, you got some. Uh, De- Degas point. Degas pointing at me in the video, and no. that's not true. I I, I, I even said this <laughs> when I responded to the poll. I said, "Look, I intend to, to play all these games. I really do. I just I don't know when. I don't know how. But the game industry is is intent on aging me out by putting out all these roguelikes and these multiplayer games online that I am not interested in whatsoever. So in 2052, when I finally open my copy of Gal Gun Double Piece on Vita, <laughs> that you know I will be able to say. I played every freaking game in my collection. That is the last game I'm ever going to play in this collection. I will say that. But part of the fun of collecting is like going out, hunting for games, you know, and and the thrill of the hunt can be like 90% of why people collect, right? Uh, the the testing games can be the, the thrill, you know, like finding – it could be a crappy game. You could get like 100 crappy games and you're running through crappy game after crappy game, having a fantastic time laughing at how crappy these games are as you run through them. And find yeah. out that half of them are broken or something, you know. But why do you think I bought, you know, Dead to Rights and Minority Report? Everybody runs, and you know, Starsky and Hutch and Charlie's Angels, all on GameCube. It's because Oof. I want to have someone over and be like, "Look at all these crappy GameCube games I have! Isn't this fun and great?" But you'll find those hidden gems too, right? You know, like some of those old Disney games that we like hate. You were like, "These are terrible games," but you go back and you play some of these like old Game Boy Advance games, and you're like. This was actually pretty good. Like, I love a Bug's Life on the PlayStation. Like, yeah. dude, that game is underrated. Nobody yeah. ever talks about it. But that's because it. it's a Bug's Life on PlayStation. That's a trash bin game. If I've ever heard one, you know, like you see a Bug's Life and you're like, well, that's crap. Like, there's no way that's going to be a good game. But you never yeah. would know unless you were out there buying some crappy games. Yep. You know, Spiegel, have you gotten uh, Shrek Two on the GameCube yet? <laughs> Not yet. Uh, I haven't been able to find it, actually. I, d- I do have it on Xbox, and uh, I'm going to get it on GameCube. Um, and I know that, uh, Zyber, you're the big Shrek 2 fan uh, amongst all of this group, and maybe everywhere in the entire world. Um, <laughs> the only. I, I, no, but I really did. I really did enjoy the one level that I played of it when you were at my house. Um, he made me play it, and I was like, oh, you know, this is actually a pretty competent platformer. I know, so, right? Now imagine four of us playing it. Oh, no. Uh I'll, I'll take super I'll take Super Mario 3D World personally. Oof. All right, we got to let Discart get back to his uh his his life and uh we'll just go back to being our sad little bomber selves. But thank you so much for coming on the show. It uh, means a lot to me personally. Uh I, I think I speak for Dag and Zyber if he ever said any words on this podcast. <laughs> uh that uh, that we all had a great time uh having you on. That's a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's it's a blast have me back again. I'll do it anytime. No problem. Oh, all right. See wow. you next week. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> See you next week, guys. I'll, uh, I, yeah, I've really got to go, though. i got to go down, get in my hot tub, have some cookies and cream ice cream, and play some Shrek. And play some cookies and cream. Awesome. Right. I feel like we've been a very positive influence on your life just in the last 15 minutes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thanks again. Seriously, though, the adventures of cookies and cream. Look for it. I will. I will. Right. You guys have a good night. Don't sleep All on right. it. <laughs> All right, there he goes, Discart. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, we were going to just edit this in and post, but since you just so cleanly dropped off, hey, let's just go for it, right? Zyber, do you want to intro this uh, this last little segment that we do on this podcast? Album of the week. Yeah, we got two albums to talk about because we were too sick to talk about last time. So we were too sick to record. We have, we have some special albums to talk about because both Spiegel and I were up for the past two weeks. Uh, let me just... what. We don't have the things listed on here for me to read out loud. Yeah, I don't know what they are. We just listened to that. I mean, uh, wow. uh, 
One is from Spiegel. <laughs> it's all sta- it's uh, it's all staying in there. One is one, one is me. One is Zyber, and right, so uh, we listen to them. Yeah, and they are goodness. musical albums right, with music it, uh, on them. It's Welfare Jazz by, by the Viagra Boys, Boys which is a great bad band, which I didn't even have to look up. It was just in my head. Well, look at you, Mister yeah. Memorizes Music. Things. This is a game <laughs> podcast. I don't care. Wow. Anyways, well, wow. Way, to, way to really pigeonhole boys. us there, Zyber. Well, hey. hold on. Are we, are we just going to do them one at a time? Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Viagra Boys, uh, uh, Welfare Jazz was my pick. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and just leave the thoughts to you guys, uh, and I'll, I'll talk more about Zyber's record. But uh, I obviously love this record, which is why I nominated it. And uh, go ahead. What did you guys think? So my biggest take from it is that it's not jazz. <laughs> no, I said that in the in the initial post. I'm like, this is not jazz. Don't take it for that. And in fact, the last two songs were country-ish. Yep. I mean, one of them had the word country in the title, so I was kind yes. of expecting it, and I was still disappointed when it happened. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant review, Cyber. I, so when it got to, like, the... Uh, shoot, what was it? The six-shooter. When I play six-shooter, I'm like, okay, I can definitely understand why Spiegel likes this. Yeah, Six Shooter's a rager. Um, really, the the entire album is, I thought. Uh, so I'm I'm glad that you. It, it seemed like you both had some some good takeaways from from this record, which is which is good. Yeah, I did my whole diatribe again. Um, super like grungy, dirty, just like that's that's it. It was just dirty, which I think you even explained when you presented it. And uh, I, there's no. Uh, better or other way to describe this album that's what well, it just is. it just feels like a mosh pit right it feels yeah, it, like the type of music that you mosh to like just straight up that's that's it i came out of the end of that album feeling like i was covered in just like sweat and oil and there's like two songs that says that we don't need no girls that was profound <laughs> I, I i will admit and i i think i even posted this in the discord it it was a little weirdly sort of kind of like misogynistic but i think it was trying to do it ironically as a statement yeah. but it still was like and good art should do this but it was like making me uncomfortable once i actually yeah, it, paid attention the album is very satirical i think the i can't remember the, the lead singer's name but he did an interview where he said that they they like to write the albums from a point of view of of uh, they like to write the album from a point of view of someone other than themselves, so they really try to capture the essence of it. And uh, I think one of the great things about that album is that a lot of the to- uh, the the tone of the of the lyrics is like darkly ironic, almost in a lot of cases. Um, the song yeah. "Toad" is like super misogynistic, but yeah. you can almost tell it's it's like right on that biting edge of satire, where it's like, can you tell? I think I can tell. It's yeah, that, sure. it's that awkward that, yeah. that awkward level where you're like, I get it, but someone else could listen to this and take it seriously, and that's scary. Yeah. Like uh, someone who's not 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 to, you know, be self aggrandizing, but someone who's not quite smart might not get this. <laughs> yeah, you always gotta worry about albums that have the essence of an incel. Yeah, that's, basically. Yeah. Uh, Zyber, your album was Worlds by Porter Robinson and a host of, uh, I, I guess, uh, featured artists. Uh, I don't remember all the names, uh, but this is a uh, an electronica kind of kind of dance electronica album. Yeah, so uh, I got into it because the the last song um, "Goodbye to the World" was like really popular to uh, like use for animated music videos and stuff, and so 
that got me into it and I listened to the whole album. I'm like, hey, most of these songs I really, really love. A lot of the songs to me sounded like they could be the background to some type of um, some some type of like an, yeah like an animated music video or just any music video uh, where where it's like uh, it's almost like a, a slice of life uh, dudes you know driving around on the town late at night getting into a little, little bit of like you know casual mischief nothing too bad nothing too horrible it was a very clean album very well produced uh, it has it has a very distinct uh, kind of production level to it. A lot of the songs, and I, I struggle with this with most albums, to be honest, didn't sound very distinct to me. So I had trouble differentiating when it went from one song to another. Um, but I think I liked it, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Deg, but I think I liked it maybe a little bit more than you. When they would drop down and they would do uh, a lot more of the quiet, more introspective electronica type of stuff versus the louder dubstep, that's actually what I enjoyed the most, which was kind of surprising to me. And I thought the first track, Divinity, although it had some really, it did have a lot of that loud stuff. Uh, the contrast uh, of of both the the stuff that was going on in that song itself, plus the juxtaposition of the song "Sad Machine," I thought was really effective. So I thought, if nothing else, not my favorite album ever, but an effective one. I I don't know that you necessarily put words in my mouth as much as you're just sort of channeling sort of what I was thinking because I did, I, did, I wasn't in love with it, which is not to say that it's a bad album. It just wasn't for me. Like, electronic music, a lot of time, kind of just sounds very similar to me. Like, I'm always, and I say this in my review constantly for these types of things, this sounds like something you would listen to playing Forza Horizon, driving around at night, which you kind of um, encapsulated there. But, like, I say that about almost all electronic music, because I just don't listen to it enough to really distinct, get a, you know, a distinctiveness between the musics. It was fine up until, like, the really dubstepy stuff kept going, and I just don't like that, like, hard drive in a blender. Like, I'm one of those people who says, this just sounds like hard drive in a blender, because it just, I don't get it. It's not for me. You you like what you want. It's not a deg thing. My favorite song um, I, was Polygon Dust, which is more of, like, a chiptune style as opposed to a straight electronica, and that I really liked. But as I as I said in my review... Not quite for me. It made me want to listen to different kinds of electronic music, and like I kept being like, "Ooh, this song reminds me of this. I want to go listen to that." And 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 instead, my mind would wander off instead of paying attention to the song itself. So I'm not sure about Dig, but maybe Spiegel, you would like the album that like just came out, possibly even today, from Porter Robinson called Nurture. It's like all the the quiet stuff, which actually I didn't like. So I'm like, man, it's too quiet. <laughs> I mean, I, I like I like context. I like uh, or not context. Excuse me. I like contrast. I like context too, but in a different uh, context. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't you know what I'm saying? It's been a long week. Uh, but but thank you for presenting this album, uh, Zyber. It's you know, electronic music. I'm not comfortable with it. It is definitely not in my comfort zone personally. But to get out of it and to be able to listen to and attempt to appreciate, and I think in some uh, some instances successfully appreciate the album i think it's good for me i think it's good for all of us and i think that's why album of the week is such a great, great idea a great idea because none of us listen to the same music we've had three albums so far that are completely different um so you know i, I think that uh well the alt j one is i guess pretty electronic too but we're going to see a bunch of different types of albums over the uh over the course of this thing and uh if you are all not in the album of the week club you should really consider checking it out i think
Yeah, I love... That's the thing about these clubs, is the exposure and the opportunity to get into things that... I, I, I wouldn't have listened to this if Zyber hadn't put it up. I probably wouldn't have listened to the whole album if it wasn't for Album of the Day Club. But Zyber went and bared his soul to us and said, I like this music, and I'm going to listen to Zyber's soul. <laughs> that was your mistake. <laughs> 